Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Story. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Honig. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on this journey with me. What Life Story is, is it's really my excuse to get to talk with a lot of my friends and mentors and find out about the highs and lows of their lives and what has made them into the person that they are today. If you're a continuing member of my podcast, thank you so much for your continued support. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Today, I have a friend of mine that I have known since I was a senior in high school, their freshman year of high school, and you'll get to hear a lot of fun memories that we both have shared and just some of the adventures that we've gotten to go on these last almost eight years I was counting before this person arrived. So today we have Olivia Gasper. Olivia is a graduate of Iowa State University who holds bachelor's degrees in music and advertising. She's currently working as an administrative assistant for Savannah Voice Festival based in uh, Savannah, Georgia. She lives in Ankeny, Iowa currently with her cat, Apollo. And with that, here is the life story of Olivia Gasper. Tell me your story, your life story. Hi, Olivia. How are you doing today? I am doing pretty well, Tyler. How have you been? I've been doing good. I'm so happy we've been finally able to do your podcast. (laughs) I know know we were supposed to do it like in July and then one of us got sick and we had to cancel Mm -hmm. and life. That's being an adult now. That is being an adult. Just... Constantly postponing things until you're actually able to meet up. Yes, or eventually you just postpone it till we just forget about doing it. Exactly. (laughs) Thankfully that wasn't the case with us. Exactly. Well, I was going to make sure it wasn't because I want to hear your life story. (laughs) So I've said in the intro that we've been friends for almost eight years. And I remember the day I first met you. And I don't know if you remember it or not. But we were... We were doing practice for the music man, and I, of course, was in high school and being the space cadet and, like, was in my head thinking about something, and all of a sudden, you come over, and you just hip-check me, (laughs) and I come back into reality, and I'm just like, hi, and you're just like, I didn't know, but, like, you just were, like, staring out into space, and I wanted to make sure you were okay, and also wanted to know what you were thinking about, and, like, I had no good answer for you. I don't even remember that at all. I like I just remember you were wearing your like townsperson costume. Oh, yeah. I was in mine and I just like, who is this kid? Who is this freshman? And I didn't why? even know if you were a freshman or something. Oh. I, was like, I was like, who is this person? But then after that, we kept bumping into each other mm-hmm. through like cast stuff and yeah. came into my grad party and just ended up becoming a really good friend of yeah. mine. Exactly. So yeah, it's all those just so. those little moments where like just <laughs> out just of the blue. With the hit bump, you know? Yeah. <laughs> And then that summer, I know, our mutual friend Nate Madej was on a baseball team. And because That's you and right. I lived like five minutes yeah, away from each other, exactly. I would drive you to the games and uh-huh. stuff. So, yeah, those were always just uh, a whole lot of fun. So wasn't that, there was one where, like, someone got their keys stuck in a tree or something. And they had to, like... Wasn't it David Niska? Maybe. Oh, my gosh. I wonder how Niska's doing. Yeah, I think he's in Texas. I know he went to school at Oklahoma State. Huh. I don't know. Not a person that I've, like, kept up with, but... Hopefully he's doing well. Hopefully he's doing well! (laughs) But I do feel like I remember that, and, like, a bunch of us took turns chucking baseballs to see if we could get it down. Or, like, shoes and things. Like, we were just trying so hard to get those keys down. Mm Mm-hmm. All Uh, good times. And then we'd go to Steak and Shake afterwards. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I haven't been to Steak and Shake in forever. Yeah, I feel like they're not around, like, as much. They're not as popular. No. I mean, they're a chain, aren't they? Yeah. Like... I mean, I know my sister goes there all the time, mm-hmm. or, like, at least gets ice cream from there all the time, but 
I think they have some superior fries. They're right up there with McDonald's. They do have really good fries. Like, those skinny fries. Mm -hmm. Very good. Those and, like, Freddy's skinny fries. Oh, yeah. Now, Freddy's, that's a place I haven't been to in a minute. I... When was the last time I went? I feel like I went sometime over the summer. Okay. It's basically just Culver's, but with skinny fries. Yeah, versus yeah. Versus the thick... Yeah. <laughs> um, this has been a tangent about French fries. Hey, that's okay. You'll have to hear the episode where I did a tangent about Pokemon for 20 minutes. Okay. Oh, right. Not sponsored, by the way. No, not sponsored. Not sponsored. <laughs> but if they want to, I'll rake in some of that money. I'll take some of that Nintendo money. <laughs> So let's talk and go back in time a little bit mm-hmm. to young Olivia's life. Young Olivia. And tell me about just like what was life growing up for you? Um, well, I have a sister that I've mentioned. Uh, mm-hmm. Her name is Grace. And she always knew how to like push my buttons growing up, which I mean, I feel like is pretty typical of the younger, older sibling relationship. Yeah. But we've since become pretty close and we tell each other a lot about ourselves and it's always fun to see her over the holidays and stuff she just actually um got a dog whose name is dallas it's a little pit bull absolutely adorable i can so see grace with a pit bull oh yeah and just like the sweetest dog from what and i don't know if this will be like before after christmas or if she'll even hear this but i got her dog a bunch of dog toys for christmas um as well as some things for her too because i obviously can't just get the dog things (laughs) But the dog is very adorable. Um, I have a half-brother um, on my dad's side. His name is Drew. And as far as I know, he's still playing football for Bettendorf because he just transferred to Bettendorf. Oh, nice. From PD. yeah. He saw the light and decided yeah. to go in the same direction as his two older sisters. Exactly. Like, doing this one. Um, I don't think he swims anymore, which is kind of sad because he okay. was so good at swimming for such a long time. But I think he just kind of got burnt out a mm-hmm. little bit, which... Very fair. Um, but let's see. I, My mom and dad divorced when I was like four, so I don't have too many memories of them together. Okay. Um, and it's also just like all I've ever really known. Like people sometimes are like, oh, I'm sorry, like parents are divorced. I'm like, that, like it's just what I, yeah. it's, it was it's your how reality. it is. Exactly. Like it worked out. It was fine. Um, and then I lived with my mom through most of my childhood um see my dad and that side of the family tuesdays thursdays every other weekend from six to eight so your folks still lived relatively close to each other okay like 20 minutes away tops that's nice at least that like you still had that Mm -hmm. that not so far of a distance like that they live states away yeah so i still got to see them and i didn't really get a strong relationship with my dad until i was like 18 okay um just because of some family things that were going on at the time and I ended up going to live with him for a little bit and that's when we like actually got kind of close and he ended up taking me to my orientation at Iowa State and that was our first like solo trip together like ever it's cool and I remember him telling me after like he was like so worried about me because I very much did not want to go to Iowa State after my orientation trip okay because the only places I saw were Maple Willow Larch and those Mm -hmm. dorms and the MU, which hadn't been renovated at the time. So I was yeah. like, this is a trash heap of a school. <laughs> I didn't see anything else on campus. Or I think I walked through the music building as well, which, God love Iowa State's music program, but that building looks like a 70s airport. Like, it is, the music program itself is wonderful, mm-hmm. but 
we have airplane seating. <laughs> that, like, everyone knows it. Um, so you're saying all of my magical stories about Iowa State didn't just instantly make you want to go? I mean, I can visualize it, but after, like, orientation, like, seeing all of the uh-huh. concrete, like, Ross Hall in the distance, like, <laughs> I was like, this school is a trash heap. Why am I going here? I but, actually think, wasn't I working orientation that summer? Because we got dinner or something while you maybe. were in town. I don't know. But yeah. either way, I was just like, well, why am I going to this school? And then, you know, moved into Buchanan, made some friends, joined yeah. the choir, and actually ended up obviously really enjoying my time there. I was happy that you were in the building I worked mm-hmm. in your freshman year. Yeah, it, it was, was cool to get to share like that experience and oh, stuff. Yeah. No, it was so nice, like, at least going in and knowing one person, mm-hmm. because it made me a little bit less uncomfy with... Your mom cracked me up your move-in day, because, like, you and I were talking, and blah, 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 and I told all my coworkers, I'm like, oh, I'll get her key and stuff, and your mom walks in and is like, hey, I know you, and I'm like, yeah, I know you too. <laughs> oh, Diana. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I don't really know... Where were, where was I going? Oh, yeah. Little Olivia. We jumped right to college. Hey, Olivia. that's okay. Like I said, <laughs> tangents are good. We'll get tangents back to there. Um, but, yeah. I mean, I know I mentioned in taking notes, uh, I never really considered myself to, like, have a childhood home. Yeah, tell me about that. Um, so my mom re- moved around a lot when mm-hmm. I was a kid. Not, like, state to state or anything, but literally just neighborhood to neighborhood in down sure. in Bettendorf. One time I lived in LeClaire for a little bit. And so I think I was counting, and I think I had, like, eight houses. Wow. Because my dad only moved once, so that's mm-hmm. two houses. And then my mom moved either, like, six or seven times I think her most recent move was the seventh, but I wasn't there. Yeah. Like, she had, she's moved twice since I've been in college. Okay. So, I don't really have, like, a childhood childhood home. I have homes that I have more emotional connection to. Yeah. But none that, like, oh, I grew up here. Mm -hmm. So... I still liked the first house you were in, at least the first house, I guess, Mm -hmm. to me, um where you kind of had a whole bunch of land you did your grad party there uh we had the beanbag war you had like a mini movie theater i always felt in the basement no we did and that was like that's the house that i have the most emotional attachment Mm -hmm. to because that's the one like i think i moved there my eighth grade year and then stayed and literally i was packing up to move um like, when I packed to move to college my freshman mm-hmm. year, I had to pack all of my stuff because they were moving, like, in September yep. from that house. So we were only there for five years, but it was, they were very, like, in a rural years of mm-hmm. my life, like, high school. And so that's the house that I associate most of my memories with and, like, kind of growing up and starting to come into myself, I guess, sure. a little bit. Even though I've grown so much since high school, my goodness. <laughs> but it's the house that I associate a lot with, like, the quad cities yeah what were things you liked to do when you were little either hobbies or things you did with your sister um other than fight with my sister um (laughs) gosh we were um not violent just aggressive toward each other what's the age difference between you and grace four years okay so So, that's a fair mm -hmm. amount of distance so she is currently a freshman Okay. In college. And we were seniors together at the same time. We graduated at the same mm-hmm. time. Well, she graduated a semester earlier because she graduated in the winter, but like, same year. 
it's funny. She is now the same age I was when I first met her when she was in fifth grade. So for me, that's just when you said she's a freshman in college, I'm like, dang, I now feel super old. I know. <laughs> no, I definitely feel old, too. Like, my brother is, gosh, a sophomore in high school now. Okay. junior. Like, I, the day that it hit me that, like, he was in high school now and had, like, also transferred to Baton Dorf mm-hmm. to go to high school, I was like, this kid has grown up so fast. His voice is deep now. Like, I remember it just dropping throughout the different times I was in. Mm-hmm. Like, I went to visit family. It was like, he's taller than I am now. Okay. He used to be this little runt and is now, <laughs> like, probably six foot. It's wild. Yeah. They'll they'll sneak up on you they like do. that. And, like, I was so content with being the tallest sibling. Grace always wanted the height, and I always wanted to be, like, shorter mm-hmm. like if grace and i could switch our heights that would be absolutely ideal both of needs... you would be happy exactly i need the shortness for performing she needs the height for volleyball that's true yeah. yeah um but no grace is the shortest sibling and i might still have a, like an inch or so on my brother but like I don't he know. still got growing room though he he's a sophomore does. and i mean god i haven't seen him since i moved into my apartment he might be taller than me now okay. i don't know he might have been taller than me last time I saw him. I just wasn't in check on it. You mentioned, like, with heights, with performance and stuff. I think you've told me before, like, you feel some shows, or even directors, I guess, may have told you, mm-hmm. you lost out parts because you were taller than all of the guys that tried out for parts. That is something that happens a lot. I am 5'10", mm-hmm. and a lot of guys in theater aren't. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, they're about that height, and usually on stage you want to have like a pretty significant height difference or like a lot of directors do um so like I have definitely either been told explicitly or kind of been shown that because I'm tall I'm not really like gonna Mm. get some of the roles that I want um I have been able to be a lead before and it was cast solely based on voice because it was like it was through Iowa State's opera studio Mm -hmm. and we found out later that it was a double cast show that the pairings that they had made were actually like height proportionate. Mm. So like it ended up being, you know, what you would normally see, but it was actually solely based on voice, which I really liked. Okay. Um, what show was that? Uh, that was Cinderella. Nice. I know, that was so much fun. Yeah. You'd think in like, we're in 2021. Why that stuff matters as much as, like, if the leading lady is taller than the guy or, like, vice versa and stuff. Exactly. Like, I get for historical pieces, but mm-hmm. so much more in plays and stuff. And with high schools, you only have the amount of students that you have. Exactly. And, yeah, I have thoughts on that that are not necessarily the most woke. Because sure. theater right now is being wonderful and is finally stepping into being diverse Mm -hmm. in so many different aspects. And that is absolutely wonderful. But something that still will not change is height differences between the leading men and women. That is a hard pass that on directors, like they don't want to be that. And that is just society too, Mm -hmm. whether we are more enlightened in 2021 or not. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I am still obviously like, very very happy that we are taking the steps that we yeah. are and hopefully we get to the point where tall girls can be leading ladies yeah i say a little bit selfishly but <laughs> well good we all know. 
Um, so yeah, any hobbies that you did when you were younger? Oh, we are still on younger. Oh my goodness. That's okay. <laughs> um, let's see. I played soccer for a little bit. I was not good at soccer. I was never athletic. <laughs> I think the one time I scored a goal, it was like in the other team's goal. Um, I tried my darndest. Um, let's see. What else did I do as a kid? You said you had a lot of pets. I did have a few pets. Um, I had a cat growing up whose okay. name was Simba. He was a white Persian. I'm sure you met him. I feel like I yeah. remember Simba. Yeah. Simba was like my soul cat. Um, <laughs> and I had him, like, I picked him out at the shelter. He was like kind of my cat. Mm-hmm. Like, even though he's the family cat, he was mine. Because, um, like, I was the only one that he would, like, run to greet at the door. And, mm-hmm. like, he would sleep in my room at night. Like, he, like, we were, we were buds. Um, so he was like the pet that I had growing up. Um, and then my dog or my dad, um, his side of the family had a couple of dogs as well. Mm -hmm. I, because I wasn't really at the house a lot, I didn't really like get super close with those dogs. But I mean, I think we're on dogs three and four since, yeah. I think the only dog I remember is Elvis, who mm-hmm. was the German Shepherd. Yeah. And Elvis, we just, like, had to put down within the last oh, couple of I'm years. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, his hips were getting pretty bad, German mm-hmm. Shepherds. Um, and he was very much not able to walk anymore, and it just got to the point where, like, you could tell it was hurting him to live. Yeah. And so, it was the best decision, I think, for, you know, his state that he was in yeah it it is still really sad when you have to do that and they now have another german shepherd okay his name is zoe and she is a little beast (laughs) she is she likes to bite she shows affection by just like lightly biting on your arm and just holding it like Hmm. you would hold a hand except teeth on an arm i brought you this arm that was already attached to you yes this is mine now. I possess it. I'm not biting very hard. I'm just resting on it. <laughs> um, but she's gotten a lot calmer with age. Mm-hmm. But, oh my goodness, when they first got her, she just was a menace to the household. Oh, he <laughs> got her as a puppy? Yes. Okay, yep, yes. that'll do it. Mm-hmm. And our poor little chihuahua, I think it's Ratchy Terrier. I don't know if it's a Ratchy Terrier. Um... Like, basically a chihuahua. Okay. Um, with some terrier in it, I think. She's like seven or eight now, and she's just so done with this big dog that's just crazy. I mean, yeah, chihuahua, terrier mix, German shepherd, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, you don't always see those dogs no. just chilling out being buds. I mean, uh, she and Elvis got along really well, but, oh my gosh, these two girls do not... <laughs> Zoe, the big German Shepherd, just wants to be friends with everyone and also is just a menace to society, but Lulu just does not want anything to do with Zoe at all. It's like, Mm. you are too much for me. I am too old for this. I'm going to bark at you. Mm -hmm. Oy vey. (laughs) So when did you start learning that, like, you really enjoyed singing and theater? Was that elementary? Was that more middle school? Um, I think that was more middle school. I didn't, I mean... I was involved in some musical programs in elementary school. Yeah. I played the violin, I played the clarinet in the school bands. Okay. Um, I think it was through middle school I was in the local kids' symphony orchestra. Okay. Playing the violin, um, which 
I didn't necessarily want to do, but my mom was like, oh, this would be a good idea. And I eventually mm-hmm. told her, I don't actually like doing this. She's like, why didn't you say that? I was I knew you were a clarinet player, but I did not know you had been a violin player. Oh, I was. Yeah, I played the violin for like five years. Okay. Yeah. And then I was like six and a half for the clarinet, I think. And that's the one that I oddly remember the most, even though I also played the violin for like that mm-hmm. same amount of time. Because you only did band your freshman year, right? Freshman and then one semester of sophomore. Okay. Yeah. Because what shows were those? We had a Beatles show and we had a Who show. Yep. And I, my last year was the Who show. Yep. So the year after that would have been the Beatles. And, yeah, I just wanted to be a marching band. And they were like, you can't just be a marching band. See, and I was the complete opposite. I wanted to just be in concert band. I did not want to be a marching band. I was the weird one. I liked marching (laughs) band so much. Probably because of the performative aspect of it. Sure. Um, But no, then I went on to, like, being in show choir and stuff. Like, actually, like, having performative aspects. Um, But, yeah, I probably middle school. That's when I was... Like, in my first shows, as mm-hmm. much as you could call the middle school shows, shows. Yeah. There is still, deep in the YouTube, a recording of Susical, the performance, mm. from my eighth grade year, that, is, I can't even remember who, like, someone just recorded it off the sidelines, and the stage is cut off, like, halfway, like, you can only see, like, part of the ceiling and half of the stage, so, like, our torsos and up, and, like... The mic falls down at one point. Like, we break the set piece at one point. It's just <laughs> not the most wonderful production of Susical, but... So what you're saying is I should put the URL with that, with oh, the bio oh, to your episode. The, the, the cast would absolutely love that. Gosh, am I... Who do I talk to? Sophia was in that cast. Sophia Pike. Uh-huh. Um, Hallie Fish, who I've recently, like, sort of started messaging again because nice. um she's doing she's a drake and is also doing like opera performance oh, yeah yeah and there if we are both cast uh we both just auditioned for des moines metro opera oh yeah to like fill out a chorus that they needed people for so if we're both cast and that we'll be able to be in a show again and i would love like she was someone that was genuinely mm-hmm. nice from high school and i would love to be able to like catch back up with her well i'll have my fingers crossed if you get in i'll definitely come to des moines to yes. see some shows no i it would be such a fun show to be a part of. And obviously, like, my first professional show at yeah. professional theater. Would you get paid for that, or is that just more experience? I, I would get paid. Okay. Uh, which uh, is a plus, but also, like, being able to be, like, in the chorus at a of professional course. opera company and, like, fully staged production. We love fully staged productions yeah. right now because there aren't many because of COVID. Mm-hmm. Um and people yeah. may not think Des Moines is a very artsy place. It is quite an artsy it is metropolitan. It's quite an artsy place. And Des Moines Metro Opera is like a very, very surprisingly mm-hmm. well known opera company that like a lot of artists try to audition for because mm-hmm. they take care of their singers and their artists and their pit. And they're really good about doing so. Um, so I've had friends like that I've met through Savannah and through other things that are like, oh, yeah. We just got done at a gig at Des Moines Metro Opera, and we, like, loved it there, and we're going to be... Nice. Didn't realize how professional and, like, highly regarded Des Moines Metro Opera was. I did not at all until, like, this year. Well, that'll be a good feather in your cap, too, if and when you head off to grad school that you can say, I have professional experience. Exactly. Um, So, yeah, let's talk about high school a little bit, Mm -hmm. and... What was some of your experiences there? What were some of the things you were a part of? Because I know 
probably college you had a little bit more, but high school would have been the place where you had a, a lot of growing moments. Yeah. Um, so I was very, very, very involved in the music scene and high school, as mm-hmm. we've kind of already established by, you know, listing all of the things. Um, show choir, choir, theater, chamber choir was a thing for a couple of years there. Um, band was never in high school orchestra. Um, I did get the high school superlative my senior year for the most musical female. Oh, there you go. Um, why it went to me over like someone like Molly Siebert, I will never know, Mm but, um, that was fun. Did you get like a certificate or something? I did get a certificate. There we go. Yeah. I, it's somewhere. I think (laughs) I still have it in like a scrapbook or something. Yeah. I think I have like my, um, grad party scrapbooks hidden in storage somewhere and it's probably in that you'll find it in like 30 years or so oh yeah i was the most musical and i'm still doing a career in music go me yeah um (laughs) but yeah i was like anything that involved singing or and or performing like i was trying to be involved in as much as possible Mm -hmm. because it's really what i like to do and it's where all my friends were and i mean obviously a fun time performance is fun what were some of your most memorable roles you got to do? In high school? Um, I did not get very many roles in mm-hmm. high school. Um, the most iconic, I think, would be The Wardrobe and Beauty and the Beast. That was a good show. I was the only opera singer. <laughs> Bettendorf, at my senior year, had all light voices. Mm. All very floaty, good choral voices for sopranos. And then there was me. <laughs> I, because at this point, Hallie Fish, who had already brought up, yeah. she went to Bettendorf for a little bit and then transferred to PV. Sure. And she had transferred at this point. Mm-hmm. So, like, that was my only other opera soprano. And so it was just me. Um, that was probably my most iconic role. But other than that, I didn't really have too many memorable roles in high school just because it usually ended up uh, sure shows ended up being cast with other people you're saying you didn't love being town person number three or something (laughs) music man um let's see i senior year was in the show for like five minutes at the end of act three i was this russian grand duchess and learned a russian accent for the show Actually, okay, one of my favorite improv stories comes from that show and that scene because I think one of the dress rehearsals, we found out about show choir solos, Uh like, during rehearsal, and some people didn't, like, make callbacks or didn't get a solo or Uh something like that, and so they were, like, stepping off stage, dealing with their Mm -hmm. shit in the sideline. The whole world had just ended in that moment. Exactly. And one of those characters was the one that I was, like, they were supposed to bring me on stage. Uh-huh. And so we just, like, stopped in the middle of the dress rehearsal. We are like, we can't find this kid. And so Miss Howard, who was the director yeah. of high school, <sighs> um, <laughs> I've had many a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, she was like, well, just go on, like you would be in a performance. So we backtracked the scene. And I ended up giving this, like, 
big monologue in a Russian accent about like, oh, this character sent me over because he said that you guys would host this dinner for me and like Mm -hmm. just going on in a Russian accent and then like leading characters into the next lines that I knew were happening and then staying on stage to make sure that like, okay, this is going. That's some good improv. It was like, I was very proud of that. And then nothing happened and we just like went on like, I want recognition, please. I just did a good, like... Now, that was just a practice that wasn't an actual show? It was not an actual show. Okay, that would have been very fun if, like, an audience got to see that. Yeah. Um, That would not have been my first time, like, having to go on and, like, fix shit in a show. Or, no, it would have been my first time. It would not be my last time having to go on and fix shit Mm -hmm. during a show. There is a college story as well of me having to do that. Okay. I'm sure we can, like, get to it some point, but... I know from my time when I did a lot with actors, and I'm still mm-hmm. involved in actors, Ames Community Theater being in Grinnell, um, but you saw the show, uh, I have a sign here, Forbidden Broadway, oh and like goodness, I was yes. always coming, I didn't actually have a part per se, but I was the person that came in and out and fixed things, and it'd just be like, we gotta do this or do that, so I, I know what you mean by just having to be that person. Oh, yeah. Some of us unnamed roles, or even sometimes, if you are a named role, you just gotta do what you gotta do. You gotta do what you gotta do. And just know that there has to be at least someone that is beside you that realizes you did good. We hope. Yes. <laughs> or um, no one realizes it because you've just pulled it off so smoothly. Yeah. Um, so I know you've mentioned Hallie Fish before. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any other memorable friends that you had, or people that you really hung out with that maybe you still know today, or... That it was just good to know them during that time? I mean, I don't really keep in contact with a lot of people from high sure. school. Um, my friend group, after a lot of reflection, um, kind of realized that my friend group wasn't the best to me in high yeah. school. And I've actually had a lot of teachers and parents and like f- parents of friends that have come up to me since you know my graduation and been like, we were so worried about you throughout high school interesting like the accompanist for the choirs at the time was um i still like i'm friends with her on facebook and was like a Mm. friend of mine's mom and was like very very involved in oh yeah miss fleming yeah um very involved in the music scene and she like she's the most memorable one Mm -hmm. um of being like i was so worried about you throughout high school because of your friends and how I saw that they were treating you and I was like mm-hmm. I was completely blind to it because I just like oh these are my friends like they're friends yeah. this is how friends act and like now that I have incredible friends through college mm-hmm. I realize like oh that's emotional abuse mm. that's not great no <laughs> and like after reflection now I'm like I can look back and be okay that was a thing and I don't talk to these people anymore I don't really yeah yeah but I do have wonderful friends Mm -hmm. at college now and know what healthy friendship should look like and I've experienced both worlds I guess with that and you know that's helped me kind of just learn a little bit yeah Learn and grow. Sometimes through those times of like adversity, whether you know you're going through it or not, that's not the most time you grow. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Learn a lot about yourself. Yeah. Well, I did not notice that. I mean, granted, we've said I only was in school with you for a year, mm-hmm. but like even when I came home, I didn't realize that and stuff. So 
I'm sorry you went through those kind of things, but I'm happy it sounds like you have a much better group of people in your life. Yes. I and I'm happy to you. be one of the people that has yes, time to stick course. around for a while. Yes. Um, so I guess on that note, like, let's move on to college now. Yeah. You established Iowa State from orientation was like, oh, what am I walking into? I know, but yeah. let's talk about, like, how that mindset kind of changed and what were reasons that changed it. So honestly, the thing that really changed um, my mindset about Iowa State was joining choir at mm-hmm. Iowa State. And I have I ended up uh, not doing choir my senior year just, like, because it wasn't where my voice really wanted to go. But my freshman year, um, I... <laughs> I always tell people, like, it was almost an accident that I made it in because okay. I had gotten called back um, as a freshman to Iowa State Singers, which is, like, the top choir at mm-hmm. Iowa State. And Wait, you say as a freshman? Yeah. Dang, that's crazy. I know they don't take a lot of first years into that top choir. Um, I feel like usually it's a pretty decent split, but it probably is harder for sopranos, maybe. Yeah. Just, or like females in general because sure. there are a lot more females typically in the music world um but I did get called back and I came down with a really nasty cold the night uh. before but because of that I was scared to sing full out and singing full out would have been like me singing with vibrato mm-hmm. at the time and things like that which isn't necessarily what the choir director wants or wanted so I, are you, okay, um, so I ended up getting in, I think, like, as an accident, because I, I don't know, I wasn't able to sing, so I was able to sing more chorally, I guess. Mm-hmm. I made it in either way, and nice. I remember sitting in my first rehearsal, and Dr. Rohde, who's the director mm-hmm. of choirs at Iowa State, just being like, okay, let's see what this choir sounds like this year. And us just doing the first warm-up and me being like, oh, this is a room of singers. The oh, gates of heaven just opened yeah, up like, in this choir. We have sound. Okay. <laughs> and I remember like walking back, just like tiddling back to my dorm after that and being like, I like it here now. This is great. <laughs> I, I'm good. What is that, like week one? Oh, yeah. Or oh. maybe week two. I think yeah. the first rehearsal was, like, week two. Monday of week two. Um, and that's also, like, how I met most of my friends that mm-hmm. I still talk to to this day. And, like, Joel, my best friend. Yeah. I met their choir. Um, Bridget, who I've kind of lost contact with. Not, like, lost, lost contact with. But, like, drift apart and now we're, like, drifting back together. Mm-hmm. Choir. Um, my friend Michael, who's at NEC on a full ride just doing wonderful piano things. Uh, choir was the pianist for choir mm-hmm. and so like all of the wonderful people in my life I met most of the wonderful people other people I met through theater <laughs> but a lot of the wonderful people I met through my life I met through choir nice. like, that was my first introduction to them that's cool so when did you realize like you were going to specialize more in operatic singing I mean it was something I was always interested in like throughout high school okay um, there is a terrible recording of me trying to sing uh bati bati from don giovanni the mm. mozart um that is not an aria for a senior in high school to sing yeah that is an aria for like an upper level college person to sing 
at least. Like, sure. you need to be a bit older to do that role. And my choir teacher at the time was like, oh, this is one of my favorite arias I sang it in college. You should sing it for solo competition. And my language is terrible. My voice production is terrible. It was decent for a senior in high school, but like, yeah. I shouldn't have touched that aria yet. Um, Do you think you'll ever try to pick it up just to get for you feel oh, like yeah. the difference? Like, it is a role that I am the voice type to do, and yeah. it's actually in my, like, relearn this piece folder and my music, yeah. like, my music app right now. Like, it's a piece that I should touch up and will be touching up at some point. Whenever nice. I get to it. Well, maybe if I ever redo the theme song to Life Story or add a little bit to it, I'll throw you in there with it. Just like an operatic chorus over Yeah, there you go. That'll be how I end it. Wonderful. Um, so, yeah, um, talk about theater, too, because I know theater was something you were really big in at Iowa State as well. Yeah. Um, I was able to be in a good number of shows at Iowa State and have some really, really great experiences. Um, theater at in college I feel is just like very 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 different from theater in high school mm -hmm. because it's I mean Iowa State is very good about allowing multiple like any major to do music mm -hmm. uh, theater and just making it open and being flexible um, so you have the people that are really willing to work for it and are also most of the time specializing in it mm -hmm. so the production quality is just like a lot higher than high school a lot of the time and the people are so much nicer at Iowa State as sure. well. It's not cutthroat. It's not um, backstabby. It's not dramatic. It's really just we are all here to perform art. And that is another thing that I absolutely love about Iowa State's music mm -hmm. department, not sponsored. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they want to be a sponsor, though. I'll take that are. dream. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's... Like something I absolutely loved about their music department and still love like it's not cutthroat at all it's very much just like we all want to make music I um, love that yeah it's very very healthy especially for like undergraduate mm -hmm. when you're trying to find your voice no egos yes yes um but I was able to be in a lot of fully staged productions where I was state like Oklahoma mm. um which was my first show at Iowa State and how I really got to know some of my best friends yeah. Bridget and Joel um, and then another one of my best friends, Abby, was on the directing team for it. Um, and we still talk. She's about to move to Kansas. Oh, wow. Yeah, go her. Um, she's doing wonderfully right now. Actually, I think right now she has COVID, but she's doing wonderfully otherwise right yes. now. Um, <laughs> but that was my first, like, big fully stage production. And it was a bunch of people that wanted to be there and... Mm -hmm very low drama behind the scenes and just wanted to put on a good show and it was so much fun um it was also in godspell yeah. at iowa state which was like a very integral production for mm -hmm. me it was my first contemporary musical and i remember like being so nervous walking into the audition room because like i had been taught how to classically sing and sing classical musical theater mm -hmm. rap and also like opera and things like that I taught myself how to sing contemporary musical theater so I remember being so scared walking into the audition room thinking I am either belting to the high heavens or just about to go in there and scream mm -hmm. and I don't know which 
It is. So I started with my, like, iffy piece. Okay. That I, I wasn't sure, like, am I screaming? Am I singing? I don't really know. And then went and did the piece that, like, I'm pretty sure this is singing next. Because mm-hmm. they asked for two. And I remember walking out of the audition room and hearing from the panel, that was, uh, and then the door shut behind me. So I was like, okay, either that was amazing or that was awful. And I don't know, like, one of the, both of those words start with A. I don't know which. <laughs> But evidently, the word was amazing because I got the song that I auditioned hey. with, and I like in the first dress rehearsal was like, "Do I sing this full loud? Do you want me to?" Like no one else is like singing full out right now, mm-hmm. and the music director just turns to me. And he's like, "You better sing it full out," and so I did, there and then go. I had to like leave the room because I was so excited <laughs> after I had sung because the whole cast was just like, "What? Who is this girl? <laughs> Who is she?" And I had to like leave the room because I was physically just like I just sang contemporary and people liked it and evidently um people that were in music hall also heard and were like who was that and I was like me and I'm gonna go hide in the bathroom now you just have your (laughs) whole fan club in one day exactly I was so overwhelmed um and like that show was just so much fun because it was also like sort of devised theater where we like kind of made the production ourselves and like did the blocking ourselves mm-hmm. and things like that and came up with the plot and the story. Not like actually the the moods of the scenes and stuff. Sure. And that was just a very integral show for me as far as like learning acting and learning how I am on stage and things. Would you say that's the show you did the most growth in? Probably, as far as a performer. Um, my favorite show at Iowa State, though, was my production of Cinderella, because I got mm-hmm. to be a lead. Did they have you wear, like, I guess Cinderella is known to be a blonde. Did they have you wear a wig, or were you able to have your natural hair color? I was able to have natural nice. hair. Nice. And do my own hair. Um, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, I think my prince actually had longer hair than I did at the time. He has okay. since cut it. Um, very long ginger locks that I did before the dress rehearsal in every show every show meaning the one show Mm -hmm. um (laughs) but that was the prince for my show was my best friend joel and so we got to like um bond a little bit more over that and we were like dance partners for everything so we were just like messing around with Mm -hmm. each other it was so much fun did you have a sort of glass slipper or what did you all use as like the shoes um so the costume department had they had recently done Into the Woods okay. at Iowa State, so we used the dress from that for our production, which was interesting because it, again, was a double cast show, and mm-hmm. the other Cinderella was a very, very different body type than I was. Sure. A couple inches shorter and a little bit um, larger around the waist. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't take my dress in all the way, and also I had to wear like three petticoats underneath. Yeah. To make up for the length. Um, but she ended up having shoes from the costume department as well as this dress. And then I used my home prom, my prom shoes okay. for mine because they were really pretty and rhinestone. Yeah. And I was like, can I please use these because they're gorgeous? And the director was like, if you don't, we're going to be sad. Aww. So I ended up getting to use those and they were fun. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I love those little backstories of like, how did a certain prop get made? Or like, Mm -hmm. why did you choose this? That's so cool. And then were you in the magic flute as well? 
No, that was the year before. Okay. Um, but coincidentally, that is the show at Des Moines Metro Opera that I just oh, started to so like, see if I get to be in it. Man, I'm just psychic or something. Oh, exactly. No, that was the year before I got there. Okay. Well, cool. Well, um, I forgot to bring up when we were talking about orientation stuff, you took a little bit of time to figure out what your major was going to be at Iowa yeah. State. Can you kind of talk about how that journey was? So, I think the best way to get into this is to preface by saying another one of the reasons I didn't want to go to Iowa State was because I originally wanted to go out of state sure. for college. Um, and was really only looking at schools that have really good music programs. Because I kind of knew deep down that I wanted to major and like do vocal music and stuff. But my mom was very against it. Okay. And after, you know, a pretty lengthy, like, couple month long battle, I was like, you know what? I'll wait till I get to college. I'll do music as like a side activity and I will just go in undecided. Mm -hmm. And was like, okay, pick a school. We're going to go in undecided now. Mm -hmm. And then she came back with, well, if you're going in undecided, I don't want to pay for you to go out of state because mm. so she ended up getting her way and keeping me in state where it was cheaper. So I was like, okay, between Iowa and Iowa State, because I want to go to a big school, you and I, is it quite big enough for me? Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to Iowa because that's where all the people from my high school are going and I don't want to do that. So Iowa State, mm -hmm. hopefully they have a decent music program. Evidently they do. Yeah. They do have a good music program. I didn't know that at the time. Like, fun fact, Iowa State has like an internationally renowned choir. Didn't know about that. Just applied. They to... just talk about all the engineers and the science. Exactly. <laughs> and like, I have incredible voice teachers there and just like an incredible program for growth mm -hmm. and personal development. I didn't know any of that. I just didn't want to <laughs> go to Iowa and I had to stay in state. So I was like, okay, Iowa State's my only option. Um, but I went in undecided my first semester. And then after being in choir and after getting to know everyone, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to declare a music major. Yeah. And I didn't end up telling my mom until like halfway through my second semester. Um, because I mean, I can't even remember what I told her. And I remember her being like kind of mad at me and mm. like not talking to me for a little bit after I was like, I declared a music major. I'm now a music major. Um, but you want to do what you're going to love because exactly. it's your future. Yes. And I think, you know, since then I've, gotten roles and I've gotten casting things and like have you know started to forge a career for myself and so she's been a lot more okay with it mm -hmm. but at first she was like you are not just gonna major in music like mm -hmm. no um I did end up declaring a second major though or second degree technically like there's a small difference I'm not quite sure what it is yeah I think you can like double dip on um not extracurriculars, electives with a double degree. Yeah. So like it was easier. Do you honestly. get two diplomas or two one diplomas. diploma? There you go. Yeah. Which honestly I kind of like, but it was also the easier option mm -hmm. and I was declaring it my junior year. So I only had two years to complete this other major yeah. and that was advertising. Um, because I thought that it sounded not terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> and I ended up really, really loving it. Um, I ended up taking a lot of classes for like, um, marketing graphic design, sure. like how to design advertisements and things like that and develop brands and things like, like along those lines. Yeah. And I loved it because it was using, uh, 
I mean, it was a part of my brain that was still creative, mm-hmm. but it was a lot more academic, and I had been really, really missing that, mm-hmm. because, I mean, my favorite class in high school was calculus, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, mine was not, but we all I have mean, to have our differences. I think I'm probably one of the only ones in that boat, but <laughs> I don't know. It was just a fun class for me, and I think going back to that one show that I was in for only five minutes, I mm-hmm. think the reason that I liked calculus is because I would have to sit at rehearsals and <laughs> wait for my turn, so I would just do my calculus homework, and then I actually, like, made sure I got everything and had time to, like, I, I was forced to have time to do homework. There you go. And so I ended up tutoring all the guys that were in the production that were also in calculus <laughs> and got them passing grades. There you go. And... I think because of that, like, I just really liked calculus because I got to, like, teach and be the know-it-all. And also, like, it was fun for me to be able to solve all these math problems. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but anyway, tangent. Jump back. You're good. Um, <laughs> I liked that advertising used a more academic part of mm-hmm. my brain. And having that duality um, kind of shone a light on just a path for me that I thought was going to work. Yeah. Um, because a lot of artists right now, anyway, kind of need uh, two things that they can do. Like, mm-hmm. it's very, very hard to make it into the field if you are just a performer or just a singer. Like, you kind of need that other gig mm-hmm. to supplement anyway. And so, I mean, as we're seeing right now with my current job, I have the administrative side and I'm working for an opera mm-hmm. company doing social media, administrative sure. uh, assistant things. And because of that, like, I get full tuition to this program. Nice. I get travel stipend. I get to fully participate and go to all the shows and learn all the things that a paying participant would, but for free. And also get the added experience of arts administration, which a lot of companies are looking for. It's anyway. a blended of your both your two loves. Exactly, and it works so well for me. And I'm already making connections. Yeah. Um, I have a contact at DMMO who I need to meet in person, um, Scott Aaron's, and just because I was originally supposed to do a internship with DMMO, mm-hmm. and evidently they what really does that stand for? Uh, Des Moines Metro Opera. Okay, yes. Yeah. And evidently they really loved me, but it ended up being canceled because of COVID. Yeah. And I've since contacted Scott and, like, we just have never met in person. Yeah. Um, but he's one person I would absolutely love to because evidently he's super nice and fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Let's, um, so yeah, let's <laughs> yes. go into that transition to, um, you graduated. Yes. I still think it's very funny that... You actually graduated in the same graduation gown I used and multiple of my friends yes. I have let borrow throughout the years. I didn't want to pay $30. Well, and I actually never paid for it. So it's uh, the same gown I used in high school. So yes. Bettendorf paid for it. And you were one of, I think, four other people that have used it over the years. So it's... how much money that gown has saved. So thank you, exactly. Bettendorf High School, for paying for that. Not sponsored. No. <laughs> so, yeah, so... Tell me more about Savannah Voice Festival, because this is something I have never heard about since you said, hey, I have a job with them. So kind of explain what they do and your main position there. So Savannah Voice Festival is, I feel like I'm giving an elevator speech right now. That's okay. <laughs> um, it is a professional opera company based in Savannah, Georgia, mm-hmm. and it's one of the Cheryl Gnomes voice programs. Um, so they have 
a couple of different things that they do. Like they have a Florida program that they do at Disney. Mm -hmm. Um, They have a high school camp that they do for people that are like just starting their classical training. Uh, The Milne's Voice Studio is usually in Savannah and the big Savannah Voice Festival Mm -hmm. brings in artists from all over the nation or there are even some that come in from like China and just European countries and a lot of international places. And we just have an opera festival for two weeks, and it's fun. Um, And my role within the company is just running social media, doing... uh, I recently started doing e-blasts through MailChimp, which is fun. Um, I do a lot of data management for, like, patron accounts. Not, like, in a patron services way, in, like, a this person made a donation. Please make sure it's mm, in our system sure. kind of way. Um, let's see, refining Excel files. Like, that's the more administrative side. I won't, like, list all of my duties. But, like, arts administration assistant yeah. things. Um, so it's a nice, like, first job in arts admin. And also everyone I work with is super wonderful and lovely and makes my job easier and fun and like I don't know it's been compared to a family I would agree yeah and And it's nice you can live in Ankeny and still work in this company that's based in Georgia exactly and it also gives me an excuse to like just go to Georgia for Mm -hmm. three weeks every year because yeah they paid for like your housing when you were there Mm -hmm. and a couple other things and that's just that's a nice gig when you can get that exactly like travel expenses covered um, I did a homestay, so I didn't have to pay for a hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very wonderful. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What was your favorite part about the one you went to this last summer? Oh, that's hard. Um, I think just kind of getting to meet all of the people, because there were so many wonderful artists. I still am in contact with some different people I worked with down there, both artists and staff, and just having a staff position and really solidifying that that is kind of the path I want to do Mm -hmm. like because of course I know I love performing but that was my first time being on staff and being an administrator and like knowing the things and answering the questions and I loved it so it was nice to just kind of solidify that that's the path I want to be going down yeah that's always a cool moment when like you do that transition of I'm no longer like the student anymore mm-hmm. and now I'm more of the teacher slash administrator. Funny story with that. Yeah. Um so my voice teacher, Chad Sonka, the living legend, um, we all love him. He was my voice teacher throughout undergrad mm-hmm. and actually introduced me to Savannah Voice Festival. He's um been on staff there for god at least eight years. And I'm pretty sure, at least, I might be wrong in that number. Sorry, Chad Sanka, if you end up listening. Um, (laughs) But he's the one that originally recommended that I um, apply and Mm -hmm. originally recommended me to, like, work there. And obviously, like, that's where I am now. And so we are now co-workers. He used to be my teacher, and he is my co-worker and colleague now. And that has been an interesting shift. Had the tables turned. Yeah, like, we are... I am co-workers with one of my teachers who has, like, been also, like, kind of a friend mm-hmm. throughout my undergrad. And it is, uh, it's a development. It's a little weird. <laughs> like, first realizing that now it's more normal. Like, we understand that we're co-workers as well as, like, 
I still take voice lessons with him. Mm-hmm. But it was a weird shift at first. Like, you are my coworker now. We are colleagues. We are running a company together. <laughs> Me to a lesser extent, but we are still running a company together. <laughs> That's cool. No, that's just a neat thing. And I remember when you were telling me about it, I'm just like, yep, that that fits the bill for you. Mm -hmm. It just feels very right. So not only are you working full-time now, you're also preparing for graduate school. I am, yes. How is that going? Um, I've heard back from two institutions right now. I'm sure if I listen to this in the future, I mean, I'll know more or be happier or sadder, uh, depending. I, this is my second year prepping for grad school mm-hmm. last year didn't quite work out um I only got one offer and it wasn't really feasible for me to go at that time so I declined and that's why I'm still in the Des Moines yeah. area but as of now I've heard back from two schools as far as second round auditions go nice. because that's about where we're at in the process um but I got in again to Indiana Jacobs School which nice. is incredible music institution um and I think I have a live audition with them, so that means I will be going to Bloomington. Okay. And I also heard back from University of Northern Texas. Okay. For their music program. And I got second round there as well. I will be doing a digital audition um, for that. I heard back from CCM too, Cincinnati mm-hmm. Conservatory, and didn't make second round there. Wasn't expecting yeah. to wasn't I kind of just applied there to see yeah um it doesn't hurt to apply it doesn't hurt to apply around but I wasn't like super excited about going there anyway Mm -hmm. if I'm being completely honest and they very much have one voice type that they like or they know what they need and they will pick that voice type and everyone else like Mm -hmm. so I was kind of okay with not um I don't know where that sentence was going, but <laughs> um, well, good. Yeah. I hope all the best. And you're going, what's your specialty that you're going for, for your master's? Uh, vocal performance. Okay, nice. Yes. So yeah, we'll see where that growth goes and everything. And I'm very excited to hear how the master's journey goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, even though I did it, like our two things, very different processes, very <laughs> yes. different things, but Yeah, I'm very excited to hear where you eventually go off to get your master's. Add that third degree to the list. Oh, good, yes. (laughs) Um, Do you think you'd ever want to teach music? I mean, I kind of do now. Yeah. Not, like, super officially, but I do have a student um, that I've been teaching. She's now a sophomore. And we've just been kind of working on some contemporary stuff and working on her contemporary voice a lot. And she's been fun. Mm -hmm. Um... She's helped me learn a lot about how to explain things and how to feel things in my own body mm-hmm. so that I can explain them. And because of that, they are a bit more internalized for myself. Sure. So, I mean, it's something I'd probably continue. Um, one student is kind of like what I'm maxing out at right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe if I end up getting my master's degree and everything works out, praying it does. I would do a bigger studio, bigger meaning like mm-hmm. three or five people, but my knowledge of rep is limited and also I feel like I can only really teach a certain age range or experience level mm-hmm. because of the level I'm at right now. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. What um 
what are you hoping for towards the future? Like, you get a master's degree, um, what's that next step? I have always just really wanted to be able to travel and perform, which okay. is kind of, I mean, the path a lot of modern opera singers take. Like, you travel to Colorado for a gig for a couple weeks, and mm -hmm. then you travel to Texas for a gig for a couple weeks, and that's what I want. Like, I want to be able to live in a city and explore a city for a little bit and be like, I've been here. Next. Nice. And also kind of want to do the same thing with Europe. I think it would be mm -hmm. so cool to just be able to do a gig for like a couple months, year or so in a city in Europe and just live there for a bit, then go to another place and live in another European city. And that would be like, I don't know. I've always loved travel. I don't know someone that doesn't. Yeah. No, that'd so be cool. cool. Mm -hmm. Like to get to know you're going to be somewhere for a bit and then you keep going mm -hmm. and like you always have that job going though. It's not like, oh, I'm traveling and I don't know what the next step's going to be. Exactly. Um, and you've gotten to travel quite a bit more than I even knew. You've <laughs> been to Norway, Japan, France, mm -hmm. Canada. Yeah. Um, do you have a favorite out of the four or like a specific memory from one? I mean, my trip to Norway was probably my favorite. Just okay. Because it was a friend trip versus like a school sanctioned trip or a family trip or... I mean, my trip with Canada was technically a friend trip that I went with um, an ex-boyfriend. Okay. Still on good terms. Yeah. Like, nothing wrong there, but... I mean, my trip to Norway was with all my friends. It was a choir trip, and we mm -hmm. just, like, toured Norway, and we got to... Like, Norway's gorgeous, and I would go back in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. Food there is great. It's, like, mountains and fjords and wonderful. Um, and the architecture there is also pretty. I could just go on and on. But it was also just a bunch of college students messing around in a foreign country Fair. when we weren't performing and singing. Like, we were just exploring, and that's... It was such a fun trip. Yeah. All right, sometimes just getting lost in a place is the best way to do it. Exactly. Um, it was Japan for family, or...? Yes. Um, Japan was... I went with my aunt over Christmas, my freshman year of high school. Okay. Um, because my uncle was stationed there. Okay. And so we went and we stayed with him for a little bit and we explored Japan a little bit. And I mean, I would definitely go back because we went to Okinawa mm -hmm. and I would love to see Tokyo. Mm -hmm. We basically just bopped into the airport there and then went down to Okinawa. So, I mean, I would go back. That would be a really, I feel like it would be a fun trip. Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot that I explicitly remember memory-wise from it. Mm -hmm. And I think I would also want to go, like, not family. Because yeah. traveling with family is an experience in its own, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, different people you're going with, different memories that you can make and stuff. Sometimes it's more fun going with a group of friends than it is sometimes your parents. Exactly. Um, yeah, I've never been abroad. I think it's something I'd like to do at one mm -hmm. point. I just still have to get used to flying. I only started flying about three years ago, oh. and I don't yep. mind it. But also, I don't know if you've ever had this in your mind, but we're just soaring in a metal tube in the sky, yep. and we have just made it that this thing is allowed to fly. But the littlest thing can happen, and we ain't birds. We can't just flap our wings. It's like, you go down. Yep. Like, But there are also like measures in place. So yes, that... yes, of course. Yeah. 
And I have friends that are aerospace engineers that I hope to have on the show, and um, they will explain, and I have asked multiple times. (laughs) Safety measures of airplanes. You will probably not die. Yes. It is still the safest way to travel, but I'll tell you when... You go up in the air a couple of times because of uh, turbulence. Yep. I mean, it just it wakes you up to be like, okay, we don't control the skies. No. <laughs> the skies control what we do. Yes. Um, so as we come to a transition with everything, I have a question that I ask all of my guests. Um, but before I do, I do like to go back and just give a synopsis. So from growing up um, with your parents being divorced, your two siblings, having your menagerie of pets growing up, <laughs> Um, really getting into theater, discovering who your friends are, um, to where you are now, a double bachelor's major, um, get it, going off to get a master's degree. When you think about your life and your life story, what is the main theme that you hope my listeners will take away from it? Is that the final that, question? That's the final that's question the, for you. Oh, great. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and that's a good question. Um, I guess that it's okay to not know where you're going all the time. It's okay to be in a place where you don't know what your next step is going to be. And it's okay for things like not to be okay for a bit because one way or another things, oh God, this is so cheesy. Things like, you'll find a path eventually. Like nowhere in high school or even my freshman or sophomore year, did I ever think that like my senior year, I would have this job at a professional opera company doing arts administration. But there were signs throughout like high school and like the first part of my undergrad that were like, duh, this is what you wanted to do. Like I was in archery club, vice Mm -hmm. president of archery club for a little bit. And also took over, like, the publicity chair because I just really liked designing ads and, like, doing Mm -hmm. work with that. And now with an advertising major, it was like, how did I not see this coming? (laughs) Like, I loved doing ad work. I loved doing design for things. And I thought that advertisements and, like, the psychology behind them was always so cool. And it's funny how things work out like that. And then you just find your little niche spot. Like, oh, yeah, this is what feels right. But... Mm -hmm. I didn't know that until, like, my senior year. Like, I didn't know that until a year ago. And there were signs all throughout Mm -hmm. high school and college for, like, past 10 years that that was what I was, like, that was what was going to feel right. Didn't see them. And you still probably will not notice things even five years from now. You're going to be like, I didn't even know that I wanted to do this, and here I am. Yeah, and this feels right. Like, it's okay yeah, that would be my answer, I think. Like, it's okay to not know what direction you're supposed to go and to just kind of wing it for a bit because eventually you'll find whatever you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Well, I have enjoyed getting to see all of your growth and your accolades last few years, and I look forward to seeing you just soar in whatever you do, wherever you end up going. Thank you. Um, so Olivia, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. I will have to someday have you help me with the social media because <laughs> it is very much lacking, but, um, I've, I very much have appreciated you being my friend and I look forward to many, many more years. Thank you, Tyler. It's been so fun. Yes. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course.
And with that, that is another episode of Life Story. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcasts. As always, I'm Tyler Honig. Make it a great day.